0: My name is Aziz Sharaj, a Moroccan writer and researcher on all things related to religious and Islamic heritage and ancient Islam as well. I published several works: "The Wizard" and "The Hidden Treasure" (2018), "Journey or Trip with a Dogchi Passport" (2018), "Dirty Narcissus" (2018). It is a very difficult question because the concept of Islam began as one concept, and then, as a result of differentiation or interests, it was divided into several Islam currents and became complicated. We will find Shia Islam. Shia Islam itself is divided into a set of doctrines, and Sunna Islam, which is also divided into several doctrines. So, in this distinction, you have to go back to the original. Islam is a loving religion. It's a religion for all people, for all people. It is a message of Allah Almighty that was assigned to Prophet Muhammad to reach the people of all world. The only way we have to describe Islam and all of predecessors' religions with is that they have come to unite people and spread a culture of love and humanity, making humanity a fully unified concept for the world. I looked at Islam over several stages. The first thing is being an inherited Muslim. And when I say that I am a Muslim by inheritance, it means that I inherited Islam as it is. As I was told, it is Islam that we find in the narration of the old women, in the narration of the elders, in the narration of the imams, and so on. But there are many questions that have led me to research, as it would do to anyone, even if it's another religion. Man always asks about God, about Allah, about creation, Because he's a creature, he should be looking for this. These questions led me to, and when we always measure them, by the inheritation scale, we find ourselves in a narrow box. We consider that the other one is wrong, and we're right. The other in the fire we're in heaven. So I found out that the Hindu himself considers the other in fire and himself to be in heaven. The Christian considers the other in fire and himself to be in heaven. The Jewish considers the other in fire and himself to be in heaven. So, is it reasonable that Allah Almighty, who created this whole world and has the most of the justice characteristics, would distinguish one nation over another. I found out that a big problem is a problem in our understanding, considering that all the religions are of one source, which is a divine source. This source cannot distinguish one from the other. Here I started sifting, beginning with the fact that one should be a Muslim by reflection and reasoning, not by inheritance. The Christian should be like that also. It means that the problem with the religion in the world is very profound. It must be revisited according to a new concept, according to a new vision. According to the vision that we have on this Earth, we have something in common that unites us, and that is humanness, regardless of language. Worship or rituals cannot be considered the pillar. Religion is not to pray at the mosque, to pray at the church or to pray at the temple. Religion is to have a connection between you and God. This is Islam. I'll tell you that during all my life I have reached the point of believing in Islam, as I now think it exists, clear and visible in my mind. What Muhammad carried to humanity is the opposite of what scholars carried to humanity. Scholars distorted Muhammad's message to humanity. This is the subject I am studying, and I would like to tell you that we have done several lectures here in Tunisia in this context, considering that the Sunnah, which is meant to be studied as the Muslim Sunnah, has nothing to do with Muhammad. The hadiths, for example, Sahih al-Bukhari, I almost certainly say that 80% of his conversation is wrong. They have no connection whatsoever with the Muhammad's message. Muhammad's message cannot be a sword message. Muhammad's message cannot be a hate message. Muhammad's message cannot be against the surrounding of the Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him. In none of his sermons could the Allah's Messenger have ordered to kill somebody. That is impossible. Muhammad's message cannot be a sexual message. Muhammad's message must be purified from all the impurities it has suffered of because it insults the essence of the holy message. Muhammad's message, whether we like it or not, has changed the world map. We can say without exaggeration that Muhammad is the most ever-mentioned person in the world, from mission time until today. The character who has consumed plenty of ink that was used to write about him is still influential in the world to this day. I'll give you the example of all the events, whether negative or the catastrophic. Unfortunately, they attribute all the negative events that are happening right now in the world to Muhammad. For example, a person in Sweden paints a cartoons of Muhammad, and Arabs or Muslims have contributed to his drawing in creating this shape in their imagination. When this person embodies this cartoon character, In the false hadiths about Muhammad, Muslims react to support the Prophet Muhammad, which is totally inconsistent with the Muhammad's message. The Prophet Muhammad was cursed during his life by the disbelievers. He did not order a reaction or to kill anyone. The Prophet Muhammad did not apply a severe punishment on anyone who does not pray or anyone because he drank. We are now in Islam. It's a religion of the forbidden. Islam is the religion of all haram. This is an unhealthy aspect in the Islamic nation. The Muslim thinker or scholar has to make extra effort in order to get rid of these silly thoughts, which continue to be attached to Muhammad's Personality to Muhammad's character as a pivotal and historical figure, and to Islam as a religion of humanity that understands everybody without any kind of coercion. Because being a Muslim is not a conditioned matter. And what I assure is that not anyone who says, there is no God except Allah, and Muhammad is a messenger of Allah, is a Muslim. True Muslim, is a simple definition of Islam. We read it in elementary schools. A Muslim is the one who protects people with his hand, his tongue, from evil, and so on. This is a Muslim. You can follow, practice Islam more deeply than me. Although you don't know Muhammad, there is an ayat in the Qur'an that says, while to him submitted all creatures in the heavens and the earth, willingly or unwillingly. And another ayat says, except him who brings to Allah a clean heart. The speech here is addressed to all the people. It means that a person must have a pure heart that makes the surrounding safe from him. People are safe from him, and he is safe from himself. I do not believe that there is any universal law or heavenly law that allows theft there is no sharia, whatever it is, no heavenly or earthly law that allows murder, there is no heavenly or earthly law that allows ugliness. So, we perceive religion as a means of conflict and struggle, whereas religion is a means of mercy. Do not argue or fight, no matter who you are. A Muslim is not necessarily someone who testifies that there is no God but Allah, and that Muhammad is his messenger. This is my definition of a Muslim in Islam. A Muslim is one who has entrusted his destiny to God and has not harmed anyone or harmed humanity with his evil. Those around him are also saved from his evil. It's a difficult question which will lead us to clash. We're now in a clash condition. With scholars, how can we practice Islam? It turns out that Islam comes as a treatment. But in order to be a Muslim, you don't have to say that you testify that there is no God but Allah and that Muhammad is his messenger. I think the Swedes follow and practice Islam more deeply than people in Saudi Arabia do. And Saudi Arabia is a stronghold of Islam. That is, in my opinion, those who live in Sweden follow and practice Islam more deeply than those who live in Saudi Arabia. When an engineer makes a cell phone Is it unreasonable for him to hide how that cell phone opens? There will be no online meeting unless you send me the link. It's taken for granted in online meetings that there should be a link to bring us together in order to be able to talk. So what happened in the ideological practice of Islam? There has been a distortion of it and a removal from the source that directs it. The concept of prayer. It's the most important thing, and it's what Muslims focus on. It is the concept of prayer, considering the prayers consist of five prayers. I don't think that a real prayer is just to pray five times a day. Maybe I'm wrong, but I don't think so. I am now 46 years old. I have spent 40 years of it since I was 14 years old, and I pray according to the scholars. And I stopped it when I turned 45 years old, because there is no longer a mediator between me and Divine Speech. As a Muslim, I must think about Qur'an well. And I don't think that such an important issue as prayer would be absent from the Qur'an. Here, you bring me to a real clash. I'm at this meeting with you. In conversation with a friend, I can tell him that women have asked me a lot of questions. I can increase or decrease the number of these questions. But if this friend finds out that I didn't even meet you and that we never had a meeting, so what does my speech mean? That would mean that everything would be a lie. Islamic jurisprudence or Islamic ideological practice was based on the concept of al-Miraj. The Prophet Muhammad ascended to heaven. There he accepted prayers and saw women being tortured. He saw heaven and he saw fire and so on. A group of thinkers and perhaps researchers and I have come to the almost complete conviction that Ascension does not exist. So religion and jurisprudence are all built on the basis of Ascension, all mirage. This must be completely reconsidered. In my opinion, there are no five pillars, the five pillars of faith, this is not Islam. What is taboo? Taboo in Islam does not give scholars the right to forbid if God does not forbid. Prophet Muhammad is the seal of the prophets. This puts an end to forbidden or taboo issues. This indicates the existence of things that are not forbidden in other religions, while they are forbidden in Islam. He did away with the forbidden questions, of which there are 14. You might tell me that smoking is harmful to health but you mustn't tell me that smoking is forbidden. This is my perspective based mainly on the fact that the Prophet Muhammad was not taking up high to heaven, because it is something not accepted by logic and also refuted by the Qur'an. In the text, the Qur'an refutes it. The recitation of prayer is imposed in the ascension. So a new doctrine must be reviewed and formed, or a new ideological practice that is aligned with true Islam. It will relieve a Muslim of his guilt complex and of his inaction before God. Muslims are now building more mosques than schools. You find that the mosque in a poor village is air-conditioned and millions of dollars are spent, while you find that the school is poor and might need a blackboard. And that's something I don't think is consistent with human logic or even with the Islamic logic. It doesn't go along with it, and we can't move forward like that. The ancient way of Islam has forced us to face the environment nature, and foreigners as well. We want to take what we need from someone else's thanks. And we claim that what the Arabs took was in the Qur'an. How can this be true? It cannot be true. I want to say in this context that Islamic religious institutions must have sufficient courage and nurture holiness. This is what I will be doing in my new work, discussing Islamic figures, not blaming Islamic heritage or the thinking of any theologian that he is an unbeliever or oppressing him in his life. With such a method of thinking, we become pariahs within our societies only because we may be wrong and we may be right. But at least we have the courage to think and ask why. Why does one thing contradict the other? That's what I want to convey to you with this message because now we are in the position of defending all conquests. Their justification is devoid of logic. For example, the Qur'an. We cannot read the Qur'an through the eyes of Ibn Abbas. The guy was 11 years old when the Prophet died. You can't be so naive in interpreting the Qur'an. We cannot understand the Hadith of the Prophet because of this naivety. Now, the Arabs are traveling in cars and planes. They operate and use them with their new features, as opposed to camel elements and factors, so to say. So, why not rely on the new, which rests on a program of learning, on the many motives that have become available to us? by which we have been given the opportunity to sift through and distinguish between what is false and what is practically true. That's the way it should be. I also pay a lot of attention to teacher education programs, because the religious curriculum currently adopted still leads us to the worst. Madam, in answering these questions lies a solution to a lot of problems. For example, you will ask the Arab nation, I don't say the Islamic nation because we must distinguish between this and that. You ask about the biggest problem, and they'll tell you it's al-Quds. I don't think this is the biggest problem for Arabs. I do not believe that an Arab citizen of Sudan Suffering from poverty, privatization, deprivation and hunger considers the issue of Jerusalem a priority. So, there are crafted problems. The problems are hypothetical, problems that are not that big, created for the sake of managing public opinion or ignoring real problems. This is what we have to watch out for. Religion comes to comfort a person, not to torment him, not to torture him. Religion is supposed to comfort people, not to torture them. No place or time can be considered sacred without human presence. A person is the axis of this universe. His intersection with this universe is the axis. There is no sacred space and time. Love. The Holy Prophet Muhammad's motto was Love, just like the rest of the prophets. But we created another story. We created a story different from this one. We created a different story based on our brain. The Prophet, at the time when he spoke about love to Aisha, This topic was not present and was not allowed. I don't think this topic was allowed a hundred years ago. Currently, an Arab or Muslim is embarrassed to express his love to his wife or his girlfriend. He might do it secretly instead of in public. I am in the process of writing a new biography of the Prophet Muhammad. Prophet Muhammad has to look like a person interacting with his human nature. We don't need to fall into the categories of holiness and defilement. There are enemies of Muhammad who crave his defilement, pointing out that the man was only interested in sex and sex with minors at that, like a pedophile. And Muslims, instead of responding logically, To these accusations, they want to hide this circumstance, in this case because of legitimacy, as if it were an illusion and they confirm it indirectly. This is not true, Muhammad was never like that. When I want to compare Muhammad or talk about Muhammad's sex life, and given the new sociological and historical approach, I have to compare this to what was common at that time. How did August live? How did Julius Caesar live? How did people live during that era? How were they having sex? Then we will discover how sophisticated Muhammad was, and how humane he was in the way he went about his life, and in the way he expressed it. So much so that I cannot measure Muhammad's personal life by the 21st-century standards. This is an injustice to Muhammad and to us. I have to measure Muhammad's personality. It is now unacceptable for me as a person. I am 46 years old. It is totally unacceptable for me to get engaged to a 12-year-old girl. Secular laws and customary law reject this but Julius Caesar could have done so, and Muhammad could have done so. This was not considered a defect. That's what we should look at only from his angle. And Muslims, like I said, instead of now adopting new methods, they confirm what's being said. Being a Muslim. Being a Muslim. If you are a true Muslim, and not a Salafi Muslim. If you're a true Muslim, then it is the same for you. You may perform your prayers in the Church. This does not mean that you belong to another religion. You can perform it in the temple or in the mosque. It will remain the same. To be a true Muslim, then you are Jewish, you are Christian, you are Muslim, you are Buddhist, and you are Hindu, because the relationship between you and man will be about what you meet and talk about. The principle of conformity is impossible, even between the man and his wife, who share 80%, neither physically nor intellectually. And there can be no identical logic, but there can be a principle of engagement. So, even when we wanted to be Muslims, we parted into Hanbali, Shafiites, etc., even Christians. That's the problem with religion. We have to get out of the circle of doctrine. We have to go out into the wide, most merciful space of Islam and religion. What is the goal of Islam? We worship God and no one but Him. We spread love and peace. If anyone does this, they are Muslim regardless of the other's classification, Jewish, Christian, or otherwise. Whoever does this is a person of relevance to God. I refuse this narrow thinking. Who are you? Or what is your religion? Are you a Muslim? What is your religion? I'm Christian. Why? First of all, in order to remove the halo of sanctity From the people surrounding Muhammad, it is necessary to consider that, for example, Abu Bakr was a politician who was wrong about some things and right about others. He was not a holy person. It is to recognize the abuses that have taken place. Because when we engage in political activity, it is not good that half of what we do is recognized as a sacred act and not recognized as a wrong one. Let's take Islamic history from the date of the Prophet's mission till today. There were lots of mistakes made in it. For example, the Prophet's marriage to Hadijah. No reasonable person can believe it that way because the Prophet was 25 years old and married a 45 years old and had four or five children. That doesn't make sense. That's naïve for a Muslim to have such an idea. History is distorted in this way. It is naïve to claim that Muhammad erode to Al-Quds and from Al-Quds ascended to heaven. It is naïve. We must bring to our generations and children the Islam that matches the way and methodology of thinking. For example, the wars of the Jewish-Islamic conflict, from the scourge of which we still suffer to this day. Jews still curse in the stands, in the name of God. O God, kill them! Why do we feed this conflict? The Prophet says that he was sent as a mercy to the worlds. He was sent neither for swearing nor for insults or anything like that. Why are the imams of Islam curse other nations on other platforms? Why do we still think that? The ayat in the Qur'an, in which we pray five times, says, of those who are not angry and have not strayed. They are the Christian and Jews. Why? It's not about that. That's not Islam. And that's not exactly what was meant. It is the motive that drives me to write, even though I know it will bring me a lot of scourges. But the motivation that led me to think about writing this book is that this has to change, or at least it will change because whether we want it or not, we'll get to a dead end. I am in dialogue with one of the imams. He told me, you're calling for immorality. I told him, you have been inviting to chastity for over 14 centuries. Then why are all mosques empty? Why is there a great reluctance in young people? Why are there young people who don't fast in Ramadan? We must admit that we have reached this result. We must admit that we have come to practice a mock Islam. It's not a real Islam. Because the Islam portrayed by the scholars cannot be practiced on the ground. It's impossible to an extreme extent. Can we think of women in the concept of costume thought by scholars as a sexual object. We can't. Women can't accept that. Islam isn't like this, and Muhammad didn't say that. He's innocent of this. What I want to make clear is that Muslims, in their narratives and in their biographies about Muhammad, insulted Muhammad more than they praised him, mentioning him. I don't think such a historical figure deserves such an insult.